Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 10th of October, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Alexander Peterson, and I'm also joined this morning by Norbert Rucker, and I'll be asking him for his thoughts on the latest developments in the Middle East and the implications for financial markets. But let's start with a roundup of the latest market news. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Helen. So let's start just with the latest on the situation in the Middle East. There's been some news about a security aid package from the US. What can you tell me about this? Indeed, Helen. John Kirby, spokesman for the US National Security Council, has announced that the first installment of a security aid package for Israel is on its way and that more aid will be announced soon. It's not very clear what the security package includes, but I'm sure we will hear more soon. And President Joe Biden has also commented, right? Yes, so President Joe Biden said that at least 11 American citizens have died in the Hamas attacks and that he would address the situation on Tuesday. So we will be watching closely today. Okay, and let's move on to bond markets now, because partly as a result of the Middle East conflict, treasuries are up this morning. I read actually that investors might be starting to bet that the worst ever route in US treasuries may be coming to an end soon. Yes, treasuries jumped the most since March after dovish comments from the Federal Reserve officials and the conflicts in the Middle East fueled a rally into safe haven assets. And how are the two and 10-year yields looking this morning then? Uh, On Tuesday, investors boosted bets that the Fed will keep interest rates unchanged through the end of 2023, which resulted in the two-year yield slipping 16 basis points to a yield of 4.93%. U.S. 10-year yields fell to 4.64%, the highest level since March. The move was more pronounced than usual as trading in cash treasuries was closed globally on Monday for Japan as well as the U.S. Coming to oil quickly, the oil price saw its biggest gain in six months on the back of the Middle East tensions. What can you tell us about this? Indeed, oil had its biggest jump in six months as uh, the refreshed prospects of instability in the Middle East caused a rally. But I'm sure Norbert will cover more on this later in the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be getting more insights on this from Norbert in just a minute. Uh, Let's move to Asia now, where the Chinese developer Country Garden has ramped up warnings that it's set for its first ever default. Do you have any details here? Yes, that's right. The Chinese company hired advisors, the strongest indication yet that the company is headed for a restructuring. And the company's released a filing. What were the key takeaways from this? In today's filing, the developer anticipates that it will be unable to meet all of its offshore payment obligation when due or within the relevant grace periods. This includes, but is not limited to, US dollar notes issued by the company. And what do their payment obligations look like? Country Garden said that it had not made a due payment in the amount of 60 million US dollars. The company also missed initial deadlines last month to pay interest on $2 bonds. And the grace periods are respectively set to end on October 18th and on October 27th. Uh, according to Bloomberg data, the company has 11 billion US dollar offshore bonds outstanding. Okay, um, following on from this then, how are Asian markets looking this morning? Asia-Pacific markets are trading mostly mixed. The Chinese CSI 300 trades on Tuesday morning in the minus. The Japanese Nikkei 225 trades with a plus of 2.5%. India's Nifty 50 trades a little higher, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng is also up around 1.3%. And just lastly then, Alex, what's coming up today? What should investors be looking out for? 
So looking ahead to the rest of the day, investors will be looking out for President Biden addressing the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Regarding other government news, nothing major is scheduled for today. And that's pretty much all for today's Markets Wrap-Up. Thank you, Helen. Back to you. Very good. Thank you, Alex, for the roundup this morning. Now, Norbert, let's move over to you now. Good morning, firstly. Good morning. So the events unfolding in the Middle East are obviously really tragic and have shocked us all. As geopolitical shocks go, how significant do you think this is or, or will be? Well, at times financial markets can be very emotional. At times they're quite unemotional. I think the latter applies for what has been happening, all the tragic events uh, since the weekend. Uh, if you look at it from a commodity perspective, this is about, all about geopolitics and geopolitics tends to be rather a temporary noise element than something that really has a lasting and impactful uh, impact uh, from a fundamental, fundamental perspective. Top of mind uh, with regards to the events is the escalation of the conflict towards its neighbors, towards Lebanon, or within the region towards Iran. And if such an escalation would happen, this would really determine how lasting uh, we see a flight to safety on capital markets, and if there is then eventually a broader impact on the economy, which is exactly the element that is then feared. Um, so far, there are very few signposts of this escalation happening in this extent, because if you look at the conflict, it basically erupted along the well-known conflict lines and surprising really by sheer magnitude. Um, there's been no signs that there's been involvement of some of the parties in the in the area. So there's really no signs of that there's been a tectonic shift underlying it. Thus, we believe that the influences on markets that we've been seeing so far since yesterday uh, should be limited and uh, temporary. And to be honest, this was usually the case with conflicts involving Israel and its neighbors in the past. And the oil price had come down a bit last week, but since this news came out at the weekend, as Alex briefly touched on, oil prices are up again. What are your thoughts on this, what the situation means for oil and where prices might be heading? Yeah, usually if you have such kind of geopolitics, oil is kind of in focus, um, especially because of the links in the air with Iran and all the um, sanctions around it. Iran has been ramping up its exports as of late and has really been offering the much needed supplies this year. So any escalation could jeopardize this export, these supplies out of Iran, be it through kind of tighter sanctions enforcement, or also just be it in the extreme case of an Israeli attack on Iran. These are really kind of the escalation scenarios. Um, something else might be happening too that maybe Given the events that Saudi Arabia takes a bit longer in terms of lifting supply curbs, they still enact. So oil is really the link in terms of making these conflicts or creating out of this conflict a broad economic impact. However, there's also some boundaries because the United States ultimately is not interested in having even higher oil prices with the elections upcoming next year. And also really Asia um, or some buyers out of Asia found their ways to continue purchasing Iranian oil outside of the Western sanctions. So based on this, we do not change our view on oil. We think that this price bounce, which uh, has been not even offsetting the big decline you've seen last week, um, remains rather temporary, in, uh, temporary. And we do not think that oil becomes kind of an inflation fact going forward. And as expected with a geopolitical shock like this, safe haven assets have risen. So gold was up around 1.6% yesterday. 
Um, U.S. bond markets were closed yesterday, but this morning we're seeing treasuries gaining. So the U.S. 10-year treasury yield is falling. As Alex mentioned, it was around 4.6% a few minutes ago. What's your take on this? Well, this really mirrors the usual capital market, financial market reaction. If you have kind of a return, a shift towards uh, more safety, uh, if you have kind of a, a period of bit of a risk off moment. It always happens if something like that erupts and then you have some uncertainty, you first need to sort out what has been happening. Um, if you look at gold, gold obviously is really uh, pricing um, how much risk there is um, economic wise. And the big topic so far this year have been earlier this year, the risk of um, economic recession, which did not really materialize. And especially the risk coming out of the banking stress that we experienced at the beginning of the year. So these have been the main elements supporting demand for gold as a safe haven assets. Both of these elements have been decreasing and kind of being priced off the market. And that has been also um, driving the, the drop in gold prices. Even how we see the conflict, we don't think that this is an element that really revives investors' demand in gold safe haven. So also there, we believe that any price reaction should be short-lived. And the underlying trend um, has not been uh, changed, meaning that we continue to see lower prices, lower gold prices uh, longer term. And for rates, it's, it's more or less similar. So this was basically the direction of the key topics that we had up to uh, last week. It was about the resilience, the strength of the U.S. economy. It was about um, basically how well it absorbs, seems to absorb higher rates. And that basically the market has been testing the, the boundaries uh, of that with rates increasing. Um, there's been obviously demand for safe haven government bonds uh, propping up the prices, pressure on yields. Um, we've seen these reactions now um, as the market reopened. United States, but also for, for other government bonds. But again, this conflict does not seem to be changing much in terms of these bigger elements at play. Here, we also believe that the events are rather temporary and short-lived. Okay, thanks very much, Norbert. Really good to hear your thoughts on the situation. Thank you. And that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette Andeka will be your host and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.